is uh, amazing. And I love what the prophetic team is going to do next month. They're having uh, training uh, how to hear your father. We all can hear God and everybody can. And so we have a couple things I want to do. First, uh, I want Katie to, she's teaching History Makers today, but I want her to talk, to say something special. Okay. I do think that the Lord primed the pump because what I had in my heart this morning was that we all need to get our little ears out and we need to open to listen to what the Holy Spirit's speaking because we have an opportunity in the, in the body. And I think sometimes we are short-sighted and we don't always see where um, the Lord's growing things or moving things, but you all may not be aware of this. The most vibrant, largest children's class we have is our pre-K class. <laughs> it is between eight and 10 kids in there a lot of the times. It's a very busy, busy class. And you know, during COVID, we pretty much shut all of our children's stuff down. And when we started it back up, there was this huge need that we noticed that because we had a lot of toddlers, we needed a pre-K class. And Miss Lisa just had a vision for what that was gonna look like. And she was a boss and went in there and just like owned it every single week. She wanted to teach it so the kids would have like continuity, have like the same routine and it blossomed. I mean, I feel like like when the Lord gives someone a vision and they have like a heart for it, it prospers. And so her class has prospered. Like yeah. of all the classes, hers is the biggest, most busy one that we have. Um, but the thing is, is that she's moving uh. and we're excited for her. This is a good thing, but we're also very <laughs> devastated. <laughs> so we've prayed about it and we feel like the Lord is going to lay that on someone's heart. And our vision is, I'll just put it this way so it's not less intimidating, is that we would have two people. Um, Jennifer Alford right now has bravely taken the helm while Lisa's getting stuff wrapped up. But we would like to have at least one, if not two more individuals who are willing to teach two Sundays a month so that the kids have, again, consistency, routine, yeah. and they have familiarity um, and take that on. And again, that sounds like a lot. And maybe you're like, I'm not a teacher. Well, you could be a helper. That would be Come really on. great. Because Miss Lisa always was into paint and toddlers and painting is a very ambitious task. <laughs> but but any, t any help would be appreciated. But especially if you're like, hey, I feel as tugging like that may be me. Let's listen to the Holy Spirit and come and bring that to us. Um, or if you're, you're like, hey, I don't think that's me, but so-and-so is not here today. And I know that that's something that they've had a heart for in the past. And you could just bring that to them and say, hey, did you know that there's an opening? Because again, like we're looking for how God's building our body. We're looking for how God's building our church. And right now, like that is probably the most vibrant part of our children's ministry is our pre-K class. And we want to see God's favor continue. Even if Lisa's not with us, we want to see that continue to build and to grow. Uh, yeah, come on. Now, I'm pretty excited. Uh, you guys, I'm going to start to put this up there first. You guys will like this. Um, I want to do something before we dismiss the children. So I want to ask if the uh, history makers, teacher, and the kids from the pre-K class, would you guys come up front? Uh, would you guys come on up front? Here's what I want to I do. You see, I believe this is really true. I believe there's a treasure that Jesus gave his life for. Uh, hi, Melody. Come up, James. How are you? Good. You're good. Come on, Joe. Y'all just stand here with your teachers. And uh, because I believe inside of every child, there's a treasure. 
that God sees these kids differently than we do. And that's one of the things that was just amazing. And before Lisa leaves, I hope we know who's going to be teaching her class because I think you need to lay hands on them and impart what God's given you for them. She sees something in the small children, and it's amazing. Do you know that that's every single child has a treasure and has a treasure inside of them that God knows? He really does. And so I'm going to ask some of the people who can hear God uh, to come up because I want at least one person to uh, pray for each one of these people, the adults and the kids. So I need one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I need about 20 people. That would be half the crowd. Yeah, so if you can hear God or you think you might can hear God, you might want to ask your wife if you can. And uh, then I want you to come up because we want one or two people praying for each one of these guys, okay? So some of you don't have a choice. You've got to come up. And I, don't make me call you name by name. Uh, <laughs> your name, uh, Doss's dad. <laughs> so, yeah, just pick somebody. Pick a kid. Y'all go, go to the kids. You can, and ask God to tell you what's the treasure inside of those kids, okay? Yeah, spread out a little bit. Are you guys okay with taking some time for our children? Do you know how important kids are? I'll tell you one thing, I'm proud. I'm very, yeah, I know, Ray, I'm with you. I'm very proud. We have a, uh, a couple of men that teach history makers. What an investment in the future, you know, believing in the kids. So I'm going to ask the Lord to tell you what treasure you see inside of them, okay? And then pray for the kid. Release what you see in them. And also, uh, ask God what treasure he sees inside of the adults, the teachers. Okay? Katie's a teacher today, and Jennifer's a teacher today. Now, we're going to take a second. Now, this is okay. And then I want to hear a few. I want to hear a few. I want you guys to hear the truth, that Jesus sees something in these guys, and we just tag on with what he sees. Every one of them. There's, there's, not a, there's not anyone up here that Jesus doesn't see treasure in. Right? So, uh, let's give them a second. Y'all don't have anything better to do anyway, so just hang on. We, uh, today's really a special day. You're going to leave with something today. You really are. A gift from the Lord. Um. Okay, while they're finishing that, I'll tell you something else. Uh, today when you leave, the ushers are going to have uh, books, free books in the back. On your way out, you can have a book. Uh, you can get a book for you. You can get a book for some of your friends. It's a book that talks about what God is doing here at Grace Fellowship. It's a book I wrote about me, but what God's doing in me, God's doing here. And uh, so it just talks about the gospel. That there really is hope. It doesn't matter where you are or what you're going through. Jesus is the light of the world. And he's greater than the darkness, okay? All right, so uh, don't go down. Don't sit down. I'm going to ask a couple of you. Would you all be willing to share what God showed you about the kids you were praying for or the adult? I need a couple of people to say, Lisa will, of course. <laughs> of course you will. So this little guy has a lot of unusual knowledge about unusual things, 
But I see God's going to use that, and he's going to keep dumping knowledge in this little guy. So it's going to come in handy when he's older. He's going to share that knowledge, and it's going to do some really good world-changing things. Amen. Good word. Good word. Come on. Uh, somebody else like to share what the Lord's showing you? So I had Edie Jo, and um, the Lord showed me a picture of her eyes. That's, just, that's her? That's her, yeah. There she showed is. me a picture of her eyes, and she sees creatively through these eyes, these lenses that the Lord has given her. And um, I believe that she'll see the world, and she sees people in a, in a completely different way uh, than anybody else will see her. Yeah, amen. Come on, good word. Anybody else? Patrick? Patrick? Um, this is LJ. And uh, when we were praying for him, I just felt that the Lord said he's pure in heart. Um, yeah. That's the thing I saw. And also when I put my hand on him, I just felt heat. I felt the power of God. And I believe that we'll, uh, LJ's going to see many mighty things with God's power working through him. Amen. Come on. That's exciting, huh? Here you go. Marion? So I was praying over Dawson, and, and I saw uh, loyalty in him. It's like, like as a model to other people, that other people will see his commitment and his loyalty as a, an example for them. Amen. Amen. Come on. <laughs> LJ's mother. <laughs> I prayed over Josiah. Dana and I both did. And we actually saw different things, but I just kept seeing him with this great big heart that he was trying to hand to everybody. And I thought it was so beautiful. And then Yeah, come on. Good word. So whenever I was praying for him, I heard the Lord say he's strong in him. And then I saw him on top of this look like a playhouse tower, and he had this sword, and he was holding it up. And I just hear the Lord say he's going to walk victoriously. Come on, Josiah. Good word. Anybody else? All right. Thank you guys for coming up here and being willing to share. Okay. Thank you, Tommy. Rick's still giving words. So, uh, history makers and kids, you guys uh, are dismissed. You can go to class. Oh, yeah. The Lord's just setting you guys up. Uh, he's setting us all up. You know, there's something unbelievable that the Lord is doing in the world today. It's, it's going to require faith. You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And for some of us, we fight this unbelievable battle inside of ourselves to believe that we're a treasure. Like, were you really a treasure? Are you really special? You know, it's sort of easy to pray for children and see the treasure in them. They don't have a history. They don't have regret. They don't have guilt. They don't have shame. It's a little harder for us, right? And today I want to talk about, I wanted to go to this verse. We're gonna, we looked at this and we're still there because it's like John was trying to teach us some things. Actually, God is giving us revelation. You know, you can't learn anything if the Holy Spirit doesn't reveal it to you. It's the Lord. The drawing that you have to know Him, that's a, that's a gift from God that's, that's beyond the physical world we live in, right? 
And in the beginning was the Word, John 1.1, 1, 1, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God and was God. And He was with God in the beginning, and we know He was the Word. His name's Jesus. And through Him, everything's made. Without Him, nothing was made. And then here's where the, here's where the, the water meets the wheel, right? In Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You know, there, every one of us is battling darkness. And the truth is that when we come to God, the light in Him is greater than the darkness trying to consume us, trying to control us, trying to stop us, trying to hinder us from everything good. And then John says, he talks about himself, there's a man sent from God whose name was John. That's who wrote this. And he was a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. And then down in verse 12 it says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed, the right to become children of God. You see, the, the foundation, the, 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 the spark that sets the fire is belief. It's faith. And here's a question for you. Here's a good question for you. Do you believe that His light overcomes the darkness in your life? Your life. You see, we fight that battle, every one of us. And then we have another battle going on. Do I believe the light that Jesus brought in the world overcomes the darkness that's controlling my friends, my family, my neighbors? Like, I'm fighting a battle every day right here, right here, right here, wherever this is, right in here. God showed me a picture of Cabot. And I know what Cabot is and the rolling hills that are on this side of Cabot, right on the center of Cabot in the west, there's rolling hills. And years ago, 25 years ago, God showed me a vision one day. I was just with the Lord and, and I see, you know, I've never seen, you know, those wheat fields you see in movies and stuff out in Kansas and out west where they have these long thousands of acres of fields and they're sort of rolling hills and the the mature wheat is blowing in the wind and it's like it's alive you can see the th stuff moving and I see this picture in my mind as I'm, I'm praying for Cabot I'm praying for this region and I see this picture but it's not wheat it's people tens of thousands of peoples all with their hands raised worshiping the king and God said, do you believe my light will bring that? Or do you believe what you see? Do you believe your experience? Do you believe what you know? Or do you believe that my light is going to overcome the darkness that keeps people oppressed and pushed down? You know, I was right now, I was like, guys, we need to believe. Do you know that you've been put here for a purpose and it's through faith that God moves in the world? And people are held captive waiting for us to come to faith about the power of God that we know. And so I'm battling this battle, which is my own personal battle, and I'm battling for the people I don't know, the things I've, I may not ever see them, but I know that the light of Jesus Christ has overcome the darkness, and the darkness could not stop the light. Do you believe that God's light is going to win the battle in your life? Do you have faith? Do you have faith? 
for the people we will never see. Can you believe that this, this church, this local church here, can actually make a difference in the world in a thousands of people that we may never meet personally, may never be in this building, may never know them, but do you believe that the light in you, that Jesus brought into you, because you know what? Jesus said it. All who believe become children of God. Jesus was the Son of God. And he said, we can become sons of God too when we believe. You see, I, I'm waiting. I'm, I don't even know. I, don't, I think that's the wrong term. You know what we're doing here is a big deal. We're fighting a battle for us, for our families, and for people that are strangers that they can see, that they can come into the light, and they can see the treasure that they are. You know what that's the battle is? That's the battle. Can you see the treasure that you are? And when you can see that, then you can see the treasure inside of other people too. And I just use the children this morning because it's so easy with kids. We all believe in them. We all have faith that God will do that in them. I mean, when, when uh, he said that LJ, little Jimmy, is, is going to move in power, I'm like, absolutely true. Well, what about you moving in power? You can believe for him. Can you believe for you? When he says that Edie Joe's going to see people in ways that nobody else can. Yeah, I believe that. Well, do I believe that for me? You see, I believe that we're in this battle. And the battle is about one thing, belief. Now, so I want to look at this because I really do. I love, I love what Jesus said. This is red letters, right? Look it up. Matthew 13, 44. He said, let me tell you what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a treasure hidden in a field. This is a picture of a, an agrarian society that all farmers, and this farmer, it goes out in this field that he doesn't own, and he finds a treasure that's beyond value. It's the most valuable thing in the world. Nothing has greater value than what he's looking at. And he buried it, he covered it back up, and he went and sold all, everything he owned. He gave it all so he could go buy that field because of the treasure he saw in the field. Do you know that before the world was created, you know, God, who created the world? God did, right? He created the dirt. And, after, and he had a plan because he knew in the dirt was a treasure. And he reached down and he picked up a handful of dirt and he formed man out of the dirt you see that's a picture that jesus has when he says about when he said this he said listen you know what when god forms you and every one of us you know it's almost like we we take that picture and we'll twist it and say we're dirty that's not what he's saying to a farmer dirt is not dirty it's the very essence of where everything comes from you see jesus he he gave he paid it all didn't he God gave everything so that he could have you, so that you could be his son, so that you could be his daughter. He gave everything for that. He sold everything and he bought the field, and we're a part of that. Now, what we've been talking about is baptism because, you know, that's, uh, to me, that's such a, a big deal. I want to go back to that verse. We've been talking about baptism. 
And I believe whenever we look at baptism, we've got to understand it's about faith. It's about what you believe. And we sang a song, that first song we sang, one of the lines in it, at first I was like, that's not true. That's not in the Bible. There was a line in that first song, whoa, they, they like stripped all those things off. Let me, I'm exiting left. I may or may not come back. <laughs> I won't treat y'all like I, I treat my uh, granddaughter. We play hide and seek all the time. But she don't want me to hide where she can't see me. It's really like, so we're not really doing it. Um, then, uh, what was the first song? Do y'all know? Give me Jesus. No. Okay. I may have to get help for this because I remember this line. We sang a song. Oh, that was a good, these are really good songs, you know. Oh, here it is. Anything is possible. Who said that? You're right. Good job. You're not near as, Marion said that? Everybody said it? Oh. Anyway, there's this song called Anything is Possible. And there was a line in it, and I can't help but listen to words when I sing songs. This is ver- second verse. And we sang this. There is no weapon that has ever left a mark on you. And when I sang that, uh, I couldn't stop the tears. Because I saw Jesus. Remember when Jesus said, you don't believe I'm me. Look at my hands. Those were scars. He said, look. And he pulled his shirt up. Look at my side. And in my mind, I could see these scars on him. I'm like, wait, we just said there's no marks. There's no scars on you, Jesus. I'm like, that? And then, you know what I saw? And this was terrible because I've never watched that movie, uh, not Princess Bride, the one about Jesus. The Passion. Yeah, the same thing, same thing. I never watched The Passion, but I know in The Passion what what those beatings did to his back. It ripped the flesh off to where you could see the bones. Listen, the man had scars. But you know what? Those scars didn't control him. They didn't change him. He's full of scars. And I said, God, I don't get this. Why are we singing a song that says there's no weapon that's left a mark on you? Because your your body is covered in scars. And I guess... It still is, since after he rose from the dead, he showed them. And God said, Alan, that's not physical scars are what I'm talking about. He said, every one of you have scars, but you don't have to let those control you. Leave them in the water. Leave the scars there. Do you have scars? Yes. Have you been hurt? Yes. Have you physical pain, emotional pain, chemical pain? Is it true? Yes. Do you have (laughs) race marks up and down your arm and cuts? And Yes. But those don't have to control your life. They didn't stop Jesus from accomplishing everything God intended for him. And some of us, we believe our past is going to stop us from being what we should be in the future. And Jesus said, no, no, no. Those scars didn't leave a mark on me. You know, you can be free today. It's who believes 
you know, we, in our baptisms that we've been doing, and we're going to do another one. If you want to be a part of the next one, let, just let one of us know. Um, the deal, the theme was leave it in the water, left in the water. What'd you leave? I left addictions in the water. I left negative thoughts and curses, and I left my history in the water. And all of this is truly true. And then, John, you know, John, he, Jesus said this in John 3. Nicodemus was saying, Rabbi, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher. We know you're from God. And Jesus said this crazy thing. Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And then he says this thing, and this is where baptism comes in, because it was only in a chapter before when Jesus was baptized. He says, how can someone be born when they're old? How can you be born again? How can you ever get over your past? How can you ever get over your family heritage and your DNA? How can you ever be born again? And I know we've limited this to being born again and going to heaven when we die. That isn't what he's talking about. That's not all there is. Jesus was free on earth. The scars, the pain didn't hold him back. And there's what he says. And surely they cannot enter the second time into their mother's womb and be born. And Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, absolute truth. I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. And he's talking about baptism. I used to think, and I think I was taught that, that that was talking about the water that comes when you're born of a, of a physical birth. And uh, then I read in, in Colossians and in Romans and in other writings in the New Testament, look what he says in Colossians 2, 9 through 15. In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Who lives in Jesus? The Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what he says. And then he says this unbelievable thing. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. In Christ, you have been brought to fullness. The same fullness Jesus had. Well, wait, I'm not Jesus. No, you're not Jesus. There's only one Jesus. You're you. But the same thing that operated inside of Jesus operates in you because of Jesus. It's because of Him. It's not because of us. We were formed of dirt just like Jesus was a man. He was a human. He was born. We're the same way. And then He says, in Him, in Him, you. In Him, you were circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Having been buried with Him in baptism, having gone into the water with Him, in which you also raised with Him through your faith. You see, he's talking about more than just the water baptism. He's talking about the death that Jesus was going to go into. You see, when Jesus was baptized, he made a statement in the world. No longer is it by man's effort. No longer is it by your, your willpower. No longer is it by your sacrifice. No longer is that how you're made right with God. He's saying from this day on, this day on, you are buried with me. And it's by faith. 
You know how you get free? By faith. How everything happens. He says, having been, been buried with him in baptism in the water, in which you are always also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ and he forgave us all our sins. Do you believe that what Jesus did for you was enough? Was it enough? Did, will you believe that what he did was greater than the things that you regret in your life? I'm still leaving those words up there on purpose. Because that's what we leave in the grave. And it's not you, it's not me, it's Jesus. You know what regret is, right? Regret is past. It's my past. I regret I didn't come to Jesus earlier. I regret I made bad decisions. I regret I didn't know things now that I, then that I know now. I regret, 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 regret. Is his death, burial, and resurrection greater than my regrets? He says it is. Now, my challenge is do I believe that's true? You see, is, is, his, uh, is his death greater than my shame? That's a big deal. You know what shame is? Shame is the things I lack. The things I can't do. The, the, who I am that I judge as inappropriate or not good enough or not able? Is he greater than my shame? Can I leave my shame in the grave with him or do I carry it with me? You see, I believe that, that that's part of the thing. Shame is real. But can I leave it there? And what about the guilt? You know what guilt? Guilt comes from what we've done. I mean, not, you know, shame is I'm ashamed because uh, whatever, I don't look the way I think I should look or I don't sing the way I think I should sing. That's where shame comes from. Guilt comes from things I've done. Now, I can't ever be free from this because I made the choice and did it. Is his death greater than your guilt? Or are you going to carry that? You see, it's a, it's, a, it's a step of faith. Because this is all shame and guilt and regrets all built on facts. There's not any one of us in here that aren't ashamed of something in our life. We may not be aware of it, but we are ashamed. Um, I had another uh, personal wonderful encounter with Jesus the other day. And it was really about power. It's almost the way the battle I have in my mind with believing. Can, can we believe for the people that I saw in that vision that were thousands of, tens of thousands of people worshiping God? Not all in the same church, all different kinds, every different kind of people, but they were all worshiping God. Can you believe that God's going to do that? Well, Jesus wants to set you free. And the, the grave are those things that we say, yes, God, I'm leaving that here. I believe that you're greater than my sin. You're greater than my shame. You're greater than the things I regret. You're greater than the things I did. 
and my guilt. Do you believe Jesus is bigger than you? And that's what it really comes down to. Do you, and then, that's the first step, right? That's the first step. The second step is, do you believe that you're, there's treasure inside of you? Like, you see, it's by, the, it's by the water and the blood. You see, the water is representing his death. We leave all of that stuff in the grave. And it's a lifetime process. There's going to be stuff tomorrow, next week, that God's going to show you. Darkness. You know what darkness does? It tries to tell you negative things. It tries to overcome your mind. It tries to convince you that what you see is what's real instead of what's real. What's real is in the Spirit. That's what's real. And it's the same battle Jesus had on earth. And so I believe. So I, you know what you can do? Because it's real, you can judge yourself. I'll, I'll just tell you all this. It's, uh, it's not embarrassing, but it's a little bit. Because I go through these same battles. And you know what's cool? That's one reason I want to give you guys a book. When you all leave, you can get a book. It's called What's Wrong With Me? And it's been the beginning of my journey of being set free from what's wrong with me. And uh, you know what's funny is? He didn't change anything in me that I was judging was wrong with me. <laughs> I just don't feel like it's wrong anymore. And you can be free of your things too. Well, it's... Uh, just recently, not too long ago, I ran into my greatest nemesis. I, we all have one, right? Something we're afraid of, something that makes us feel bad, something that we can't get away from. I had this huge thing that's been following me around forever. And you guys, if y'all probably paid attention, you probably see it more than I do. Um, my inability to communicate is my worst nightmare it really is it's like uh and you don't have to argue with me about it it's my deal this is my deal just like your deal is your deal some of us you think you're you've got your own lies that you're dealing with your own darkness it's darkness well I had this thing that I've been battling for a long time and it's I can't ever explain myself well it's like, I feel like that every time I preach, basically, you know, and I, I like, God, I can't do this. And, uh, but I keep trying. That's, you know, whatever. But uh, so not too long ago, this thing's always been inside of me that I, that I can remember. I'm like, it gets exposed really bad. Like, I did it again. I can't ever say it right. I always say things wrong, and I, when I do that, this hurts to think about. When I say things wrong, I hurt other people, and I don't want to hurt people, but I do. And that's all in me, right? It's just me. You guys don't know whatever. I mean, y'all are with me on this journey for 20 years, so those of you who have been around a while, you know. So I have that inside of me, and it happened to me a few weeks ago, and it hurts so bad that thought just hurt so bad in my heart that I was just ready to walk off and leave it all. You ever been there in, an, in a relationship in life where 
it hurts so bad, you just are ready to just walk away. And that's odd. I've been, you know, I've been pastoring this church for 25 years or something. It's not, I, I don't quit very often. But it hurt. And so I'm standing, and actually, and it hurts so bad, tears start flowing, which is embarrassing. And it was in public. That's embarrassing. And I really almost, I came that close to walking away. And so uh, I didn't know why it hurts so bad, really. At that point, I didn't. I just know that I did it again. You know that thing where you fail again? Any of you ever deal with that? You know, where you do good for a day or two, and then you fail again. Or you do good for a month or two months, and then you fail again. And that was just what happened. And uh, so, but I didn't walk away. I've known Jesus for a long time. There's no darkness. There's no mountain high enough to stop him. There's no valley in my heart or your heart deep enough that he can't cross. There's no water that he can't. There's no storm he can't calm. Now we sing those songs and all he wants to do is expose those things so that he can heal us. And so you know what God wants today? He wants you to choose to believe. I chose to believe that he could do whatever was causing this pain in me. And it was so crazy when he came out. I got somebody to pray with me, to do freedom prayer with because I couldn't figure it out. And uh, this thought... I'll never get it right, had been stuck inside of my heart since probably second grade. <laughs> and uh, the Lord took me to where that thought started. And that thought wasn't from God. It was from the darkness. You know that darkness that he overcame? The darkness he wants to expose in all of us? This thing had been in me forever. I believe with all my heart that I'll never get it right. And it was in the area of communication. And then I'm called to be a communicator. That's, that's a crazy thing. But of course, where's the devil going to attack you? Where you're supposed to bring life? <laughs> your family, your business, your job, your whatever it is. He's going to attack in that place because he wants to stop our light from shining. So I asked God, was, I asked somebody to pray for me. They were praying for me. It was funny. It was a a 16-year-old kid in Guatemala prayed for me on the phone, like on FaceTime, you know. We're looking in the computer at each other, which is sort of funny. But that's, he just was handy, so I said, why not him? Because it's God anyway. And uh, God took me to the most painful memory that I don't know, maybe I ever had. I saw myself sitting at this table, you know, kitchen table. I don't know what kind of table he had when I was seven or eight years old but it was probably one of those metal ones you know with the little metal chairs and I'm a kid and I'm sitting at that table and I'm writing sentences like over and over and uh, it wasn't for punishment like they would do to you at junior high it was because I couldn't form letters and so every day I'd get I'd go home and I'd have to write sentences so I'd take out a piece of paper I'd sit at the table and I don't know why, when I was little, they gave us these big fat pencils. Did y'all ever use those? They're hard to write with. So I have this big pencil, and the way I wrote when I was a kid 
without knowing how to write was like, like a left-handed person. I wrote upside down and backwards. Well, when I started school, they're going to teach you the proper way to hold a pencil. So it was like... And it was that hard for me to do. And I'd sit there every day after school, and I lived to play. So anything that interfered with play, to me, was punishment. But this wasn't punishment. They were just trying to teach me how to write. And so I would sit there and write these little sentences every day after school. And the fr frustrated, unable, couldn't do it. And in my heart, I heard this voice say, you'll never get it right. And when I heard that, I was like, that's the way I feel when I try to communicate. That, and you know what? The, the boy praying with me, the young man praying with me, he asked Jesus to come. It was really embarrassing. I'm crying on the dumb computer screen, right? With a 16-year-old boy looking at me. <laughs> I wanted to hit, turn the thing off, but I didn't. And I'm like, you know what Jesus did? He came. He came. And he said, I never made you do that. That wasn't me. And what I heard in my heart was, there wasn't anything wrong with you. You just couldn't. You, I can't. When they made me change, for some reason, I can't write that way. And uh, I was healed. It's gone. Do you know... I believe God. I believe that Jesus wants to set captives free. And that little piece of darkness that was inside of me, Jesus wanted me to be free from. And it was his love. It was painful. But I've, uh, I've had that tested, right? And the truth is, Jesus, there's, there's me communicating isn't up to me. It's up to the Spirit of God working in me. You see, it's about believing. My communication has nothing to do with the way I talk, the way I tell stories or don't tell stories, how funny I am, how smart I am or how unsmart I am. You know what all matters? Only thing that matters is do I believe. And when I believe, God is in me. And God is wanting to impact the world from me and from you. And we're all together. You see, there's a treasure that God knows is inside of you. He knows what's in you. Maybe you don't know, but he does. When he sees you, he sees something. Every single one of us have treasure in here. And this morning, that's what I, only thing I want to do today is I believe it's a day for us to choose to believe him more than we believe you know, I was so smart, I figured that I could never, I would never be able to do it right. Uh, I'd rather believe God that, you know what God told me? Alan, if you can believe, 10,000 people are going to understand how special they are to me. Well, God, i got to be a good speaker for that to happen. He's like, get over it. You don't. You just have to believe, and I do the work. You see, God has a purpose for your life. And it has nothing to do with the, the things, the natural, physical things we're judging ourselves by. We judge ourselves by the world. 
God judges us by whether we believe or not. Your belief will release the power of God. And this morning, I wanted to do that. So we're going to have, uh, I don't know, could be the same people that were up here with the kids. Actually, that'd be good. So all you guys that were with the kid that uh, heard God, what God said to the kids, would y'all come back up here? That, it's just easier for me to call you because you were already up here. And y'all be nice to Tommy. Um, I asked him to come up here because I believe there's a treasure in every one of us that we don't know about. Like, God says, you were so valuable, Jesus came to earth and lived as a man. And for 33 years, and he died a horrible death to buy you. To set you free. So I believe God wants to do that today. I believe he wants to tell us what our treasures are. So uh, let's all stand up together. And uh, you need to hear what God thinks about you. I need to hear what God thinks about me. Every single one of us do. We need to hear. So let's, uh, we started the service this way, we're going to end it this way. Uh, And actually, just because you're on the prayer team doesn't mean you can get prayed for too. So you're not out out of bounds. But I believe that we need to hear what God sees in us. And uh, I think God wants to do that today. And then let's leave that, let's leave that negative perception. Let's leave it in the grave. So let's leave that in the water. And let's believe the future, what God has for us. So Father, I just thank you for what you're doing. So God, would you just open our eyes right now, open our ears to hear. Jesus, I thank you that you, we hear you because of what Jesus did. So God, would you put it in each one of our hearts if we need to hear from you this morning. If we need to hear from you, God. So if you'd like to hear from the Lord this morning of how the treasure he sees in you, um, we're going to have a time of prayer. This front's open. These guys are up here. They're, they're here to pray for us. So uh, thank you for being here today. And God does want to speak to all of us, I believe. So God bless you guys. We're dismissed. Let's pray.